the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. Use your promo code NFCBEAST for 15% off, active until the Eagles or Giants lose their next game. And make sure to enter our World Series Prop Contest. Winner gets $200 in cash and a $200 SGPN gift card. Enter today exclusively on the SGPN app. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is our 400th episode here on this Thursday, October 27th. Short schedule on uh, Thursdays here, as usual, only four games, uh, but we're going to go through it as we always do. And joining me on this 400th episode, the man that does it both on and off the court for SGPN, host of the Tennis Gambling Podcast, WNBA Gambling Podcast, uh, NFL Gambling Podcast, and of course on the NBA Gambling Podcast as well. It's my main man, Scott Reichel. Scott, what's going on, buddy? Nothing much. Yesterday could have been better. I know that I personally lost the lock and dog. However, I did hit Brunson at 6-1 to for a double-double, which was nice. Overall, it was an okay day. Uh, Can't really complain too much. just a bad read with the total in that Raptors game. I know we like Toronto to win the game. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect there to be that much pace involved throughout the majority of it. But yeah. other than that, though, yeah, I feel like the card itself was, you know, hit or miss. Trey Young, unfortunately, couldn't get a double-double for me because he scored too many points. Uh, there were a lot of points in that game. Yeah. Unfortunately, Trey Young didn't do enough passing. But it is what it is, and we'll look for a better day here on Thursday. Yeah, it's a, it's a new day. I know yesterday... <clears throat> There was opportunities that the ball could have gone uh, our way or, or your way, uh, but you know that's just how it is sometimes. So hopefully we can bounce back today here uh, with the four games on the schedule. Um, Terrell uh, split his picks. He hit his lock. He had Raptors plus the two and took Pacers on the money line plus 245. And then I split my picks as well. I hit my lock with the Bulls first quarter team total over 31. And... Um, Looked good in hindsight, I guess. Uh, I took the Lakers money line, but that team is, uh, I don't even know where to start. And I don't even want to talk about it. They're just brutal, and I don't think there's more we can expand upon that. But um, anything You're else that kind of half that counts. Yeah, yeah, they were competitive uh, up until halftime, but then after that, it just kind of got away from them, especially in that third quarter. I think they only scored what thirteen points in that. Uh, uh, I think third it was quarter? seventeen. I think they got outscored like thirty-two to seventeen in okay. that third quarter. Yeah, floor, but. Either way, it, it wasn't good. I'll, I'll tell you that much. Uh, I feel like we could talk about the Lakers every day if we really wanted to. Yeah. But I don't think anyone wants to. No. So, yeah. Just good one for, yeah, good one for the Nuggets. They're not a good basketball team, the Lakers I'm talking about. And yeah. there's a real chance they could start 0-10. So yes. we're going to see what happens <laughs> moving forward. And, uh, yeah, let's just say if you don't exactly like LeBron, uh, you're having the time of your life right now because uh, the Lakers aren't very good. Yeah, um, yeah, not much more for me to add to that. But anything else maybe around the league that kind of stuck out to you? I know uh, you, Terrell, also my, you, myself, and Terrell were exchanging some text messages last night about what was going on in the association. But that Pacers defense, man, especially in that first quarter, it's it's a cash uh, ATM right now at the moment, Scott. Yeah, uh, well, I wasn't aware of the trend before, until you brought it up. I know the funny part was that Chicago had, what was it, 38 points in the first quarter yesterday? 35 points? 38, I think, yeah. Didn't, DeRo- mm-hmm. didn't DeRozan have zero? Yeah, he had. I think he had five assists in the first quarter. But I'm saying the was, Bulls had 38 points in a quarter, and DeRozan didn't even score. Yeah, he, he was more facilitator mode. It was Zach Levine and really Vucevic in that first quarter because I, I was obviously watching the game. But we, we talked about how the Indiana Pacers are a bad three-point uh, shooting defense and Chicago don't hit very many. Well, yeah. last night, Chicago goes 16 of 30. From three point line, I think they each, I think both teams hit. I want to say they were like seven of seven to start the quarter uh, when they were shooting those three point shots. But yeah, 16 of 30 for the Bulls last night. Also took uh, Zach Levine's um, 
three point shots last night as well. That was at plus money. He went six of eight. So yeah, I think we just got to continue feeding or uh, uh, fading this Indiana Pacers uh, defense right now, Scott. Yeah, I agree. But I really had two other takeaways to talk about. The first one was something I live bet, and I was on the right side of it when we actually previewed every game. Mm-hmm. It's the Bucks and how the Nets just can't stop Giannis ever. And they yeah. got even worse defensively because in previous years, they had a backup center. They used to have, they had like Drummond, for example. I'm not saying mm-hmm. Drummond's a good defensive player, but at least he is a big body. At least yeah. he can kind of try to physically handle Giannis. You're looking at what the Nets have this year. Sharp was okay in the first half mm-hmm. in action against Giannis, and then it seemed like Giannis decided after halftime, I got to take the game over, and he scored, I don't even know, like 35 points in the second half. It, it was really just a bloodbath of yeah. the Nets defensively. Simmons couldn't handle him. Claxton couldn't handle him. That was expected. And Sharp had moments, but nothing special. So, yeah, Giannis just decided to take over the game, and the Bucs won. I live bet the Bucs when they were plus money because as a Nets fan, I knew where this was going, and mm-hmm. they ended up losing there. The other takeaway was the injury news involving the Trailblazers. Uh, unfortunately, the man who put back-to-back 40 pieces on the table got hurt against uh, got hurt yesterday against Miami as Lillard now is out with a calf strain. Yeah, Just sad, but I'm kind of wondering where Portland's going to go from here. Are we blindly taking every Simons over moving forward? Because with Lillard being out, Simons should be attempting somewhere around like 18 shots a game or maybe even Jeremy Grant overs. But you got to use the trickle-down theory, right? I mean, Simon and Simons and Grant are going to have to shoot a lot with Lillard being out of the lineup. Yeah, they will. Uh, he said, or Lillard said that he's not overly concerned about it. I don't think they scheduled an MRI for it. He's going to be out Friday at minimum. Uh, we'll see what happens uh, next week with uh, Damian Lillard um, and the calf injury. So, yeah, you're right. I think it's really going to be Jeremy Grant and Anthony Simons that are going to really have to carry this offense right now for the um, for the Portland Trailblazers. Um, anything else that kind of stuck out to you last night? Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else. No. I mean, we talked about what we expected to see from Toronto. I know Barnes mm-hmm. ended up playing. Uh, I'm not going to break it down because we thought Toronto would win. So there's really nothing that really jumps off the table there. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I think the only thing that still confuses me involves your team. I'm not sure why they're playing so slow, especially, in the, first qu- especially in the first quarter. Yeah. Uh, the fourth, first quarters for Houston have gone under by like double digits in a decent amount of these games. They're not even close. And it was a nice win for Utah. I know each of us lean to Utah. I just don't get why Houston insists on playing slow when you don't have an actual starting center right now. And we know that Porter and Green want to run. So that's why I'm a little bit confused what the actual game plan is involving the Rockets. And I don't understand why they're going 12 deep right now. Like, okay, maybe not 12 deep, but they're they're going 10 deep right now with Tari. Okay, Tari Eason, I understand, but yeah, Dyshawn Nix, I don't know why he's coming off the bench. Garrison Matthews, okay, I understand he's a good three-point shooter, but... Play Boban uh, two minutes, like, okay, yeah. if you want to have the gimmicky, whatever. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, so I, I don't know, I, and I, I agree that I'm watching this team. It's like, why are we not playing with pace? Because we have... A lot of young guys on this team, our entire roster is young guys, so we should be getting out and running um, and then getting up and down the court. We should be one of the highest-paced teams in the league, but it's just I mean, not happening Jabari right now. Jabari Smith. I mean, yeah. you should be running just based on personnel. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe that's a change that they do make um, because, again, that half-court offense right now, especially in the first quarters of games, is just not working right now for the Rockets. So I, I expect them to make some type of change or, or you know increase the pace uh, for – uh, the upcoming season, or at least for the for the games. And again, Jalen Green last night just didn't have a great shooting night. Six of 20, uh, two of nine from three-point line, uh, 17 points. He was a minus 19, uh, which was a team high in the box score. So, uh, yeah, n- I mean, not expecting to win a lot of games. Obviously, that win total before the season said that, and it should be one of the lottery teams. They will be. But, um, yeah, something needs to change, especially offensively. And I think that pace is probably the answer right now for this Houston Rockets team. All right, uh, before we get into the games, it is our 400th uh, episode. So, you know, the bosses are in a giving mood. And what's going to happen is uh, we're giving away a $100 SGPN gift card. And all you got to do is it's pretty simple. Subscribe to the YouTube page. Leave a comment on any of the videos. doesn't have to be NBA Gambling Podcast, but we prefer it to be the NBA Gambling Podcast. And make sure you have your notifications on for the YouTube channel 
uh, for the NBA Gambling Podcast. And once uh, we do get subscribers, uh, we'll uh, pick a random winner and we'll announce that on Monday's pod. And so you have through the weekend to subscribe to the NBA Gambling Podcast YouTube account um, and our YouTube page. And, and once you do, turn on your notifications and we will announce the winner of the SGPN uh, $100 gift card in honor of our 400th episode. All right, uh, Scott, four games on the schedule tonight. Why don't we just dive right into the schedule, my man? It's uh, the first game on the schedule. Let's see here. It's going to be the Dallas Mavericks headed to Brooklyn, who are on a back-to-back situation. We talked about how they played the Milwaukee Bucks last night. They travel back home to welcome in the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, This is going to be a 7.30 Eastern start. It's going to be on NBA TV. Uh, Looking at the lines for this game, I am currently seeing – uh, this line opened up minus one and a half in Brooklyn's favor. That now that line has now flipped over to the Dallas Mavericks uh, side. That's currently sitting at minus two and a half over on Win Bet. Total opened up at two twenty eight. That number has been bet down to two twenty five over on Win Bet. Money line for this game. I'm currently seeing the Dallas Mavericks are a minus one forty five road favorite here. Plus one twenty five on the money line for the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, take a look at the injury report for both of these squads. Not yet one submitted for the Brooklyn Nets because they did play last night. We did see uh, Ben Simmons kind of grabbing his back, but I think after the game he did say he does intend to play tonight here on Thursday against the Mavericks. He also kept Maver- playing after yeah, he also back did, Yeah, he didn't half. come out. Yeah, uh, And then for the Dallas Mavericks injury report, we know Davis Bertans has been out uh, with a right knee injury. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. is officially questionable for tonight with right foot soreness. And Frank Nilakina is also out for this team with a right ankle injury as well. But Scott, your team welcomes in the Dallas Mavericks as a their uh, a three point home underdog. Here are the Nets. What are you thinking about this game on a back to back situation? So I still see a couple of two and a halfs, but I definitely understand the line movement. Dallas screwed me against the Pelicans last game, but if you want to talk about the actual spot, losing the Pelicans while they were missing Ingram, Zion, and Herb Jones is definitely a nice bounce-back spot for Dallas, who should be motivated, especially defensively, because they got cooked in that game against New Orleans. And you're looking at what the Nets do well. We know Durant's one of the best overall scorers and shooters of all time. We know Kyrie's a very good offensive player. What else do they have? Because you're looking at the lineup right now, and they brought in Ben Simmons. I know because Harden wasn't happy, but you're looking at his skill set or what his alleged skill set was. He was supposed to be a good facilitator who can rebound well for a guard and who could also guard well defensively on the perimeter. But you're looking at what Simmons has done this season, and the Nets are basically dead last in defense, or they're in bottom three in defense, and they're also dead last in rebounding rate. So I'm going to ask again, what exactly has Ben Simmons done this season? And it's not fully his fault because – I know he hadn't played basketball in over a year, roughly two years, and there's some rust involved. I get that. But you're looking at the overall roster. I don't think the supporting cast is that good. And I think that you have a decent amount of role players who could contribute. But if Ben Simmons is not going to be the guy that you paid him to be, and we already know that the team defensively with the lack of big men depth and just the overall lack of quality, I'd say, options with regard to ball handling, with Seth Curry being out especially – What are the Nets actually good at right now besides expecting KD and Kyrie to bail them out of shot clocks offensively? Yeah, I mean, look, defensively, you know that like they're not they're they're the second worst team. They're bad. They're only in front of the Indiana Pacers, who we've already talked about out of volumes on this uh, pod. And the Pacers Uh, are trying to not play defense. Yeah, they're trying not to play defense. And the funny part is that maybe Brooklyn is trying to play. But it just hasn't been very successful for them. Yeah, right now, 29 Brooklyn Nets. Actually, I'm sorry. I need to correct myself. Brooklyn are number 29 in defensive rating, and the uh, Memphis Grizzlies are dead last at 121.6. Um, but yeah, I know last night, Bucks didn't score very many points, but it was really Giannis was getting whatever he wants. And I think tonight might be a case where Luka is going to get whatever he wants tonight against this defense for the uh, Brooklyn Nets. And if you kind of take a look at what Luka has done over his first three games, he's had 30-plus points or 32-plus points in every single one of those games so far. I think it's a, it's a matchup problem tonight for the uh, Brooklyn Nets. I don't know. Who, I mean, you're going to try Ben Simmons on him, but 
it hasn't panned out so far for what Ben Simmons trying to do on the defensive end. Um, I think it's a good spot here for the for the Dallas Mavericks here. I know you can shop around, make sure uh, you get the best number. I do, like Scott said, there are two and a halves out there. Uh, but currently on win bet, it is three, and I'm still going to take that minus three with the Dallas Mavericks here tonight. Scott, uh, anything different for you? No, I feel like when you're looking at what Dallas can do well, we know Jason Kidd wants to shoot the three ball. And so far this year, they have not shot it as much as last year. Last year was crazy. They just shot at every possession. But I do think when you're looking at the Nets' overall three-point defense, they're also dead last in opponent three-point percentage. So they're awful at rebounding. They're awful at general defense. They're awful at three-point defense. And we know Dallas wants to shoot a bunch of threes, probably more than they should. They also still have McGee. They still have... Uh, Wood, who right now is the favorite to win six man of the year, and you mm-hmm. also have a little bit of Kleber. I still don't really like Kleber, but the point is the spacing is there to really exploit this Nets defense, and it was a competitive game against Milwaukee for about three quarters, mm-hmm. so you couldn't even bench the starters like Miami could against Portland yesterday to save them for a back-to-back. I think the Nets are running out of gas in the second half, and I think that Dallas probably puts it on them. I'm not backing the Nets right now because they need to outscore teams every game because they really can't guard anyone. So I'll take Dallas. Yeah, uh, Brooklyn, number 26 in opponent three-point percentage allowed, close to around 40%, right down there with Boston, Sacramento, Chicago. They, they were last. I, I probably didn't I didn't account for what happened yesterday. But yeah. uh, in general, and, they're not a good three-point defensive team. Yeah, and then Chicago and, you know, we talked about Chicago yeah. and Indiana, how they shot lots out. So those two teams are the worst right now uh, as far as three-point shooting uh, percentage allowed. Um yeah, uh, what about the total here, Scott? We're sitting at 225. We've seen some money, I guess, coming on the under here. I think it's a really tricky spot for the total because I know the Nets' defense isn't great. They were actually okay against Milwaukee for the first half, and then Giannis decided, all right, get out of my way. Like I'm, I'm too good at the game. Just get out yeah. of my way. But I think it's tricky here because Dallas plays at such a slow pace mm-hmm. with Luka. That I don't know if I really like the over. I know that defensively they were awful against New Orleans, so I guess the argument is to lean that way. It's the first back-to-back for the Nets this season. There is travel involved because they were playing on the road against Milwaukee, so they yeah. had to take a flight from the Midwest back to Brooklyn. I think I'm leaning under. I don't feel great about it, but I really expect Dallas to just slow the pace down because that's what Luka wants to do. Luka isn't a guy who you want to build an offense around that's going to be top 10 in pace. You want yeah. to play in the half court, let Luka make decisions. You switch into ISO. It's the heliocentric offense that we saw with Harden, for example, and we have seen so far this year from Philly. They play a lot slower because of personnel, even though they probably shouldn't. Dallas is the same way. I think you'll see a definitely a slower pace than what people are expecting. I'm going to lean to the under. Okay. Yeah, you- especially – yeah, I, I think – Initially, I was leading at the uh, at the over, but kind of diving more inside the numbers that we've seen and kind of we just discussed here. Pace, Brooklyn number 18, and like you just mentioned, uh, Dallas is number 28, one of the slowest paced teams right there uh, with the Philadelphia 76ers and the Toronto Raptors. Um, and again, being on that back-to-back situation also makes me nervous for the Brooklyn Nets as well because like you mentioned, travel is involved going from Milwaukee back to Brooklyn. Um, so... Yeah, uh, the line movement does scare me, so I, I would lean towards the under as well in this game. So Dallas minus three and also uh, the under in this game for both of us. Any player props that you may be looking at here, Scott? Uh, well, going through the player props, I feel like I have to be automatically interested in Christian Wood uh, mm-hmm. just because he's been incredible this season and the Nets are also not great at rebounding. Wood's point totals at 18 and a half. If you want to look for rebounds, Wood is at seven and a half. I really don't mind making an argument for a double-double here. I know it's a bit tricky because his role's a bit in flux because the kid just won't give him significantly more minutes than Kleber, which is extremely annoying. But if you're looking at double-double, it's plus 175. I think it's tempting. The Nets are really one of the worst rebounding teams in the link, and Wood should have a decent amount of minutes as... He just needs a bunch of minutes because he's been arguably the second-best player on the team. Yeah. Up to this point, sure. I don't mind if for a plus money play, I'd probably look at fading the Nets' big men in terms of rebounds. I think Christian Wood double-double makes a lot of sense, especially a plus money. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't even been playing a lot of minutes, uh, like you mentioned. That, that's the problem. they got to give yeah. him more minutes. He's been too good. 
Yeah. Um, and you kind of take a look what he's averaging, 24.3 points per game so far and only 26.3 minutes uh, played on average so far. So you got to give him 30 plus minutes yeah. at some point. I mean, yeah. this is kind of crazy. Yeah, 25, 25, and 23 so far for him, um, uh, for Christian Wood. I, I think, like, I, not, I do like Lucas over. I mean, it's it's a bit square, but look, the guy's just playing out of his mind right now, especially to start the season. You know, we talked about how he's coming into the season just playing in shape, he, he, and the numbers are showing it right now, right? He's averaging 34.7 points per game. He scored 32 or more points in all three games. He's averaging 25.3 shot attempts per game. Um, and he's also playing 34. He's played 30 or more minutes in all three of the games so far. So I expect Luka to get whatever he wants. I think he's a nightmare, uh, a matchup nightmare for this Brooklyn Nets team. And I don't think I mentioned that the Brooklyn Nets give up a lot of points inside the paint as well. And I think Luka should be able to get at will to the basket and finish around the basket as he always does. Uh, so I like Luka there as well. Yeah, I agree. I, I think if you want to look for some other props as well, I feel like choosing some... Well, some I can't I don't I want to I don't want to say role players, but some players who definitely get a decent amount of minutes who could definitely provide a spark here. I don't mind Dimwitty. Uh, you're looking at his points at fifteen and a half. I see his rebounds are at two and a half at minus one thirty. I know Dimwitty's not a great rebounder by any means, but the Nets are so bad in the paint, both on the glass and just with overall rim protection. We know Dimwitty's not afraid of getting downhill, getting to the foul line, making a lot of big plays. And if the Nets decide to double Luka at some point, I do think that Dimwitty should benefit from that. I don't mind Dimwitty having a sneakily good game tonight against his former team. Do you see his uh, three-point shots listed yet? Uh, Let me see. I see two and a half. The over is plus 115. He's made at least three in all three games so far. Okay. So but the point is I could see Dimwitty having a nice game if the Nets especially panic down the stretch sure. and start double teaming and trapping Luca every time they can. Yeah. All right. Uh anything else for this game? No, not really. As a Nets fan, I just expect Dallas to win. All right. So are you gonna go check out Luca tonight or no? Uh, unfortunately, no. I already oh. have plans, but uh, I do want to see Luca at some point. Yeah. I'm actually curious if you could name one player who you would want to see. Not on the Rockets, just any player in the league. Who are you picking? You on Giannis? Um, I would probably put Luka at the top of the list. Put Jokic at the top of the list, the classic MVP candidates. Yeah, yeah. Jokic, Giannis, Curry. Probably those four guys, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'd probably throw in Zion in there just out of curiosity. But Yeah. Know. Hopefully he's uh not injured. <laughs> Hopefully uh, not. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, you know, they won without him anyway, so we'll yeah. see. All right, uh, before we move on to the next game of the night, let me tell you guys where you can bet on all of these uh, sides, totals, and player props. That's over on WinBet. And if you're thinking of joining WinBet, you get $100. If you bet $100, you get a $100 free bet from WinBet. And if you're looking to join the WinBet Biggest Winners Club, well, whoever hits the biggest parlay on WinBet odds-wise gets a $1,000 free bet. WinBet truly is hashtag DGENs only. Plus, Use WinBet to build your own bet to build some amazing same-game parlays. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offers of exchange terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 years or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. The Sports Gambling Podcast is also giving away a chance to win your choice of either an autographed Lawrence Taylor or autographed Brian Dawkins jersey. Contest is completely free to enter. All you got to do is follow three steps. Number one, subscribe to YouTube.com slash Sports Gambling Podcast. Two, comment on a video. Each video is a new chance to win. And three, turn your notifications on so so you don't miss SGP contacting you when they pull out the winner again subscribe to youtube.com slash sports gambling podcast comment on any video each video is a new chance to win and make sure you have those notifications on so when you are the winner sgp can contact you to pick your jersey of lawrence taylor or brian dawkins and of course the world series is starting on friday and we are running a prop contest for the world series the winner gets 200 in cash plus a $200 SGPN gift card entered today exclusively on the SGPN app. 
All right, Scott, uh, next game for tonight, it's going to be the Tankathon game. The Los Angeles Clippers headed or are in OKC to take on the Thunder. It's going to be 8 o'clock Eastern start. Um, looking at the lines for this game, it is an opening line. Of, let's see here. Minus 7 for the Clippers. That number has been bet down to minus 6 over on win bet. I'm currently seeing the total opened up at 215.5. That has actually been bet up to 217.5 currently. Uh, taking a look at the money lines for this game, minus 250 for the road favorites here for the LA Clippers and plus 200 home underdogs for the OKC Thunder. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams, Paul George is questionable with illness, non-COVID related. Kawhi Leonard already ruled out injury management with his right knee. Marcus Morris Sr. is out with personal reasons. For the Oklahoma City Thunder, Josh Giddy is out with a right ankle sprain. Um, and Jalen Williams is dealing with a fractured right orbital bone. So uh, the top two guys for the Clippers, or at least one is out for sure here, Scott, and Paul George is questionable, and Josh Giddy is out, but uh, SGA is a go in this game. Ah. What are you thinking about this game? This is not going to be one that I'm watching here tonight for sure here, Scott. I'm just going to be on OKC Moneyline. I feel okay. like it's a spot where we just saw Oklahoma City smack this team. Uh, Kawhi and Paul George did not play in that one. OKC also had one of the worst three-point shooting games imaginable, and they still won by double digits. So they really dominated the game. I know Man was amazing. Uh, Shea was amazing. And they ended up really just taking it to the Clippers. It amazes me how the Thunder are basically tanking. And yet the Clippers are missing more players than the Thunder, or they're supposed <laughs> to. It's really just bizarre to me. But I mentioned when I watched the Clippers play against the Lakers, and I ended up winning with the Clippers at the end because of some you know foul from 94 feet with a couple seconds to go. Yeah, I wasn't impressed with the Clippers. I just thought they were incredibly soft. And we see the load management rear its ugly head again with this team. And Kawhi hasn't played since the Lakers game. Paul George dropped 40 against the Kings and then didn't play again after that. I understand the importance of the playoffs and I understand the importance of trying to keep your guys healthy. We're about four or five games into the season. This is embarrassing. I I'm going to take the Thunder money line. They're at home. They just beat the team. It seems like the Thunder care more about these games and they're actually trying to lose or they're supposed to be trying to lose. It seems that the Clippers genuinely don't care. I'm going with the Thunder money line. I don't know why the Clippers are favored by six. You can argue they just played. The Clippers will show more, I'd say, edge to them after they got yeah. smacked. I don't really care. I mean, you're looking at no Kawhi, potentially no Paul George. I'm not laying six with the Clippers here. I, is, or It's Oklahoma City or pass. I'll take the money line. Does this tarnish Kawhi Leonard's legacy? Which part? He's been the doing part this for like three been years. Sitting this, like, sitting for three years now? I think that Kawhi Leonard has one of the most interesting NBA overall just resumes of all time because you're looking at a guy who's won finals MVP twice, who was traded midseason and carried a team through some injuries as well because against Milwaukee, he was kind of banged up and yeah. just carried his team to an overall title, had one of the biggest buzzer beaters of all time in playoff history against the Sixers yeah. in that series. And then after that, just just vanished. It, it's just really fascinating. And you're looking at the fact that he was also the head of the team that blew the 3-1 lead to Denver in the bubble. There were a lot of playoff collapses involved, a lot of fourth quarter no-shows with him and Paul George. I think Kawhi is going to be on the top 75 list when he ends up retiring. Sure. I'm not sure if he should be there, but he's going to be on there. But I feel like people kept trying to push him versus LeBron in some narrative as LeBron handing over the keys or passing the torch, so to speak. Yeah. And it just never worked out. But it seems to me like Kawhi either did a lot of damage to himself when he played through that injury with Toronto and won a title or physically just couldn't handle it after that. Talent-wise, he's a great, great player. But the injuries are a big factor. And if I'm going to roast Anthony Davis for being nicknamed Street Clothes because he's injured all the time, I don't even know what to call Kawhi Leonard because at least Anthony Davis has played some games every now and then. What, yeah. what are you supposed to, what's worse than Street Clothes? What are you supposed to call Kawhi? 
I I don't know. I don't know. We got to come up with a nickname involved, but the point is he just hasn't played that much. His overall legacy, I can't say it's tarnished because people know that this is who Kwai is. His prime was amazing, but his prime was what? Like two, three years? Maybe if that, I mean, since, yeah, like Toronto, since, since he got traded Toronto, he had played, okay, 60 games, won the title. Great. The last year with San Antonio, I think you can throw in there too, because he really was a great player and they won the title. He was really, really good. Yeah. He, that was a game where he had played a career high 74 games, which was all the way back in 2016, 2017. You just said that though. Career high 74 games. Yeah. Career high. Yeah. Yeah. That's not Uh, great. Yeah. So he played 60 with Toronto, and then since he joined the Clippers, he's played 57, 52 in 2020, 2021, which was the uh, bubble uh, year, correct? And then he missed the entire year last year, and this season he's played two games and hasn't started any of those games. We've seen him coming off the bench and already been – Looks like he's already oh, not playing tonight as well. We don't know what the future holds for him either. And the, I mean, and the Clippers made the Western Conference Finals without him. Yeah, right. So. Yeah, yeah. That was what, back in – 2021, right? Yeah, that was uh, when Chris Paul so, went absolutely berserk in game six, and they ended up losing in six. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know, man. It just kind of pisses me off and when I'm seeing that, oh, it's it's what the hell were you doing this whole offseason over the past year or so when you didn't play a single game? You had the entire offseason. You're still coming off of the bench. At least you're... play 15 minutes. Do something. Yeah, like come out and like start the game. If you're going spurts of five minutes each in each quarter, play 20 minutes a night. I mean, we don't – I mean, maybe there's something deeper that we don't know that's going on with Kawhi's head or his knee or body or whatever, but, man, come on, man. Like it's already – it's it's two games in and you're already injury – you're managing injury management, whatever the fuck it's called, but – that shit pisses me off. Like if I if I was a Clippers fan, I like I would I don't know what the hell I would do. I mean, especially if you're paying for tickets. I mean, you hear that ex- that answer all the time. But why would anyone ever go to a Clippers game if you don't know who's going to play game in game out? Yeah. Looking at what the Clippers are doing is going to make you happy. I'll compare it to the Yankees because it seems like they're using the regular season solely as time to waste to get ready for the playoffs. And the problem is we saw that with the Yankees in the second half of the past baseball season, where they were just gearing up for October. Yeah. And they were punting games, and you were wondering what they were doing game in, game out. And then the playoffs came around, they came out flat, and they lost. Yeah, It seems like the Clippers are headed down the same path because you're not building up any chemistry during the season because you don't know who's going to play every day. Yeah. And I, I, don't know if you, I don't know if you agree with that comparison, but that's the best one I could think of. I mean, yeah, I, I see the similarities there, but the, the part is, is that the Yankees did this in, what, September, yeah. October? They were already a, like, yeah, the they like, they, yeah, yeah, at the time. yeah. But this is a third or fourth game of the season. Like, what are you yeah. doing? Like, I don't know what's going on, but I don't know. Maybe something comes out, but I just I don't want to have that brief discussion. But yeah, back to the game. I agree with you. Thunder or nothing for me here. I mean, we again, like you mentioned, night in on night, night out on that injury report. We don't know who's going to be playing for the Clippers. So uh, I'll take OKC. I think Shade just comes out in balls again uh, and I'll probably look at his points prop as well because he right now he's pretty much the offense for the OKC Thunder. Yeah, um, I agree. Anything else you want to throw out for this game before we get to the two night games? Uh, potentially Zubak double-double, but okay. that's basically it. I, I just think that you're looking at Oklahoma City's front court, regardless of who plays for the Clippers. I don't like Oklahoma City's front court. I feel like nobody does. Yeah. Zubak's going to stand in the middle. We know he's not going to step outside and shoot threes. He knows his role. He's a good rebounder. I think Zubak double-double is probably worth a look. Yeah, last game uh, against the OKC Thunder, he finished up with 10 points and 14 rebounds. So I think that might be How worth a How many minutes did he play in that game? 35. I'm just saying, that's a pretty decent workload there. Just because oh, yeah. the resting quiet doesn't mean the resting Zubak and the rest of the people. So, uh, yeah, I don't mind Zubak double-double. I'm trying to pull up the odds, though. My Wi-Fi is not cooperating. Let me uh, see, you see I can probably get it. Uh, uh, it just Hang on a second. I don't, I, don't, I don't even see it listed. They just have nothing. Okay, great. So whatever <laughs> price it is, I'll take Zubak double-double. Okay, cool. Yeah, they're probably just waiting to see who's playing for them and who's It's going to be somewhere in either the minus 100s or the plus 100 range. So I'll take Zubak at a cheap price. Yeah. 
Uh, I think the key number there for Zubac is that if he plays at least 30 minutes, he'll get that double-double. Because if you take a look at his game log so far, two games he's played 35 minutes in each of those games, double-doubles um, easily. He had 17 rebounds against the Lakers in their first game, and then 14 rebounds in their last game against the Thunder. The two he's, games that he's, he's played... He's been the Clippers' best player because Paul George and Kawhi have gone AWOL. He's been their best player. Yeah, 24 and 21 against the Kings and the Suns. We only finished up with eight rebounds each. So, again, like you mentioned, since we don't know who the hell's playing... For the Clippers, he's gonna have somebody's gonna have to play, and it's gonna have to be Ivan Zubac for them. So yeah, I'll definitely look out for that as well. Uh, all right, Scott, let's get over to the two West Coast games tonight. Uh, pretty intriguing ones. First one's gonna be the Miami Heat uh, on a second game of a back-to-back as they play the Portland Trail Blazers last night. Took care of business after Damian Lillard left that game. Uh, they go to uh, the the Bay Area to take on the Golden State Warriors. This game is going to be a 10 o'clock Eastern start uh, on NBA TV. Uh, Miami Heat in, again, like I mentioned, the Bay Area to take on the defending champions, the Golden State Warriors. Looking at the lines for this game here, Scott, um, this game opened up as a minus 7.5 point sorry, home favorite for the Golden State Warriors. That number has been bet down to minus 6.5 over on win bet. Uh, total opened up at 2. Let's I saw 225.5 last yeah. night. And yeah, open up, up at 225 and a half, and that number has been bet up to 227 currently on win bet. Money lines minus 270 for the Golden State Warriors and plus 215 on the money line for the Miami Heat. Uh, looking at the injury report for this game, nothing yet submitted for the Miami Heat because they are on that back to back for the Golden State Warriors. Dante DiVincenzo, uh, left hamstring strain is out, and then oh, we know Andre Iguodala is dealing with the hip issue. He's also out. So definitely look out for that Miami Heat injury report since they are on a back-to-back. Maybe they do decide to sit some guys. But, Scott, uh, the Golden State Warriors coming off of the loss against <clears throat> the, um, Phoenix, the Suns. Phoenix Suns. Yeah, That's uh, one way to put it. It was a yeah. loss. It was an ass-kicking, however you want to phrase it. you know. Yeah, uh, the game where we saw Clay Thompson get uh, ejected. But, hey, they're back home. They're going to welcome in the Miami Heat. What are you thinking about this game as the Golden State Warriors are a six-and-a-half-point home favorite year? So for me, fatigue was going to be an issue when I initially looked at this game, but then Miami blew out Portland and every starter played less than 30 minutes. I don't think fatigue's going to be an issue because they really just coasted to a free win once Lillard got hurt yesterday. So I do think that Miami should look fine. I'm not going to overreact. For me, I'm going to stick with what's worked so far. Give me Miami team total over. I'm just going to fade Golden State's defense. It's a train wreck. There's really no other way around it. And you're looking at Golden State and how bad this defense actually is. I had it written down. I forgot the exact number, but they've given up 30-plus points in, I want to say it's at least like 70% of the last couple quarters there, like for like two and a half games. Like It's been a decent sample size. They can't stop anybody. But you're looking at Golden State. They've played four games. They played Phoenix, 134. Played the Kings, 125. Played Denver, 128. The only team they held below this number was the Lakers, who have the worst offense in the league, and the Lakers actually have one of the worst offensive ratings since, like, the nine-win Bobcats. Like, they're one of the worst (laughs) offenses of all time, according to offensive efficiency. It's been documented. They're terrible, and they still gave up 109. But you're giving up 120-plus in each of your last three games. Miami has depth. They have good shooting. We know Golden State wants to play with pace. Give me yes. Miami team total over. I'm really not going to overthink this. 109 and a half. Golden State can't guard anyone. I'll take Miami team total over. Yeah, uh, I'll go back to the last game against the Phoenix Suns. And then, it was a you know, disaster. Yeah, they gave up 30 through the first three quarters at minimum. Actually, sorry, let me go. 33 at minimum through the first three quarters. They gave up 29 in the fourth quarter, which that I think that at that point the game was out of hand. Phoenix Previous game. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, against Sacramento, like you mentioned, they gave up 125. They gave up 36 in the first, 35 in the second, 23 in the third, okay, and then 31 in the fourth quarter. And I'll go one more game for the – Denver torched them. They scored 40 in the first quarter. Yeah, and I think that was – but probably the easiest bet I've cashed all season was that first half over uh, in that Denver Nuggets and the Golden State Warriors game. Uh, Every quarter. I mean, Golden State's just allowing 30-plus points per quarter. And Miami – I know it's a back-to-back, but I do like the fact they were able to rest the starters for the entire fourth. 109.5. Really? I'll take the over. Yeah, I was trying to pull up. I know at least in the first half they've given up, 
I think they're one of the worst defenses right down there with uh, the Indiana Pacers as far as giving up points. But, I mean, we just kind of went through the box score there. I mean, the point is, but you just said, this defense. Even the Lakers were decent offensively against them, and the Lakers haven't sniffed 100 since. Yeah. So, I like that play. I think I like the over definitely in this game. I believe they are, what, 5-0 to the over so far this season. Uh, The Warriors, yeah. I mean, you had a bad beat on that Lakers game that went over, but still. Yeah. Um, anything on the side? I originally leaned to Golden State, but then Miami dominated. And now I'm kind of on the fence on the side. I'm actually just going to play the total. I feel like this game could go either way. Golden State could wake up at home because they got embarrassed on national TV. Miami Mm -hmm. could just perform well because anytime you face the defending champions, you're going to try to put your best foot forward. I'm going to stay away from the side, but I am going to take the over Miami team total over. I'll dare Golden State's defense to do anything. Yeah. First half uh, points allowed. Golden State dead last, number 30, 66.3 points allowed. Over the last three games, I know they've only played, what, uh, four or five games so far. They've allowed 71 points uh, in that's that almost, first That's impressive. Half. Yeah. That's impressive. So. Yeah. So they're right down there with Sacramento, Indiana, and Golden State. Um <clears throat> yeah, I like the over in this game, like I mentioned. I, it's been bet up from 225 to, to about 227, but for all the reasons that we just mentioned, that Golden State can't stop anybody. Um, and again, I think that they are one of the better teams in pace so far this season as well, one of the faster teams in pace. Um, so I will yeah, go with the over in this game as well. Do you expect um, Miami to try to slow the pace down, or do you think they partake? Because since Golden State's been so bad defensively, mm-hmm. I'm not sure why teams would slow down the pace. And Miami did score 119 yesterday. They played well playing faster. I think. They, uh, yeah. I feel like they should partake. Yeah, I think they should too. Uh, I'm trying to pull up see how. Uh, I don't think that. Yeah, they're number 26 as far as pace. But last That's why night, I was asking because they were yeah. fast last night. I, I think that Golden State will probably dictate the pace, especially since they are at home, and I think that Miami will partake in that. But do you think that the half court offense is better for the Golden State Warriors if they do slow? If Miami slows it down. I just don't know why you'd want to deal with a team that is so used to running sets. We know how good Golden State can be in the half court. The point is Golden State's transition defense has been terrible. So I don't know why you wouldn't try to exploit that. And you're looking at what Golden State is really throwing out there. We know Clay is not the defender he used to be. Neither is Draymond. Looney's okay, but he barely plays. I mean, you see him and Wiseman alternate. Wiseman's still young. He's not a great defensive player by any means. Poole is really not a good defensive player either. So besides Wiggins, who exactly can you rely on on a possession-given basis defensively besides maybe a little bit of Draymond who complains about yeah. every foul call? Like They don't have many great ball stoppers right now, and that might be one of the things they're going to have to do with the trade deadline because they could, they could really use a good perimeter defender because Clay's not that guy anymore. Yeah, and they also lost Gary Payton in the offseason as well. So and that was a big loss. Well. Payton was yeah. huge for that team last year. Yeah, especially defensively, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah, so I think we're both on the over here. You're on the Miami team total over in this game. Uh, I can't yeah. pass on anything below one sure. game. I yeah, mean, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get over to the last game of the night. Should be a good one here. It's going to be the Memphis Grizzlies uh, in Sacramento to take on the Kings. Another 10 o'clock Eastern start. Uh, looking at the lines for this game here. I saw that the Memphis Grizzlies opened up as a four and a half point uh, road favorite here. That number has been bet down to minus three over on win bet. Total opened up at 237. Not a lot of movement there. It's just down half a point at 236 and a half. Money line minus 155 for the Memphis Grizzlies and plus 130 home underdogs for the Sacramento Kings. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, let's start with the road team, the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, Danny Green, we know, is out, and uh, Triple J is out as well. Those guys are recovering from surgery. Uh, John Conchar is actually questionable for this game with the left shoulder soreness. And Zaire Williams, I think we got the news yesterday, he's going to be out another four to six weeks uh, for the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, Sacramento, I do not see an injury report submitted yet for them. Uh, let me see if I can pull one up on another site here. Give me one second. Um, we know that Murray missed the first game because of protocol. He's played yeah. since. He's been fine. Yeah. Um, let's see. Can you count Harrison Barnes because nobody's seen him in the last three games because he hasn't done anything? Does that count yeah, as an injury yeah. report? Maybe uh, put him on the milk carton there. But, yeah, pretty clean injury report uh, for um, for the Sacramento, Sacramento Kings. Yeah. yeah. Uh, why don't you start us off here, Scott, with the side here. Minus three and a half road favorites for the Memphis Grizzlies. 
So I'm kind of tempted to take Sacramento because this line makes no sense. Mm-hmm. We just saw Memphis score 130 and change against the Nets. Bain and Morant both scored 37 plus points. Morant's been right now the MVP favorite or close to it. You could argue Giannis because Giannis is incredible, but still. Yeah. Sacramento has been competitive. Fox has been good. The problem is Mike Brown's not a good coach. And as a result, they lose a lot of close games in the fourth quarter. Yeah. All the time. They just fall apart down the stretch. So you mentioned how Memphis is the worst defensive team in the league, statistically speaking, based on rank, based on rating. Sacramento is not good defensively either, so I do expect points, which is why the total is roughly 240 in the first week of the season. So I'm not surprised by this overall number. I'm not going to touch the total. I'd rather take player props. I think I am going to take Sacramento first half in this game because the line does seem extremely short to fade Ja, and I think as a result, it seems a bit trappy to me, Mm -hmm. but I really don't trust the Kings in the fourth quarter of games. Give me the Kings to get off to a fast start offensively at home. Memphis hasn't really played many road games this season. Uh, they haven't looked great on the road. Dallas beat them by 40. I know they were on a back-to-back, so I don't mm-hmm. know if you can really factor that in. But I actually think the Kings have a shot here based on how trappy this line looks. Give me Kings first half. I'll avoid the Mike Brown fourth quarter collapse. Give me the Kings first half. Yeah, I like that play uh, first half for the Sacramento Kings. I think that... What they are one of two teams that are winless so far this season, or is there more? Let me check this. You have them, you have the Lakers, Indiana. and Indiana. Did no Indiana beat uh, Detroit, didn't they? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they did. Uh so it's yeah, Sacramento and Lakers in the West, and then in the east, it's only the Orlando Magic. So uh, I mean, look, the motivation is always going to be there to try to get that first win. And I think there's a good opportunity for them to do that on their home floor here as well. They should already um, have a win. They've blown a couple yeah, of close games. Yeah, so I, I think that that's something they do need to work on. I like your call about the, just you know taking the second half out of it and just playing the first half for the Sacramento Kings. Um, I'll, I'll I'll go with the Sacramento Kings on the spread here. I think that they can – this game will probably come down to the wire. I think the line is indicating that. Be a one-possession game coming down, and I think in that case, you're probably trusting Memphis Grizzlies and John Morant more, so I like your call about that first half. But full game, I'll, I'll go with a plus three here on the Sacramento Kings. Uh, total, I know you said you don't want to touch it because it is so high, but what player props that we are looking at in this game here, Scott, what do you got? I mean, Jaws points are 30 and a half. I don't I mean, I don't give a damn. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't really care. You got to take that like up to 40, right? Yeah, you're looking at 40. You're looking at a massive game. I think he could play well. Bane three-pointers has been solid so far. Yeah. I am curious about Steven Adams' role in this game because Sabonis can shoot a little bit, but not that well. I mean, he's mm-hmm. okay, but the point is, I think we can agree Adams should not be played off the floor. But then again, the pace is going to be so high, he might be played off the floor. So I'm not exactly sure what his role is going to be in this game. you have any thoughts on that? Because on one hand, you could use Adams in the half court to guard the likes of Sabonis. On the other hand, both teams want to run. Do we expect Adams to get played off the court in this game? Because he might. I think so, especially because Sacramento is number four in pace so far this season. Golden State it better Lake, be. You got De'Aaron yeah. Fox as your point guard. You better be running the floor. Yeah, Warriors, Lakers, Spurs, and then the Kings are number four. So I think that we'll see a lot of up and down in this game, which, again, that will compromise what Steven Adams uh, can do for this uh, Memphis Grizzlies team, especially defensively, right? And I think Sabonis, like you mentioned, is a guy that can knock down the three-point shot, even the mid-range shot as well. So... Um, they might have to go in another direction and, and maybe that his numbers or his minutes will be limited because of the matchup here against the Sacramento Kings, like we mentioned, who do like to get out and run. We saw it against um, Minnesota in the playoffs. They barely used them once they realized yeah. that the pace wasn't going to work out. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we mentioned these are two teams that are not very good defensively. Miami, sorry, uh, Sacramento, number 21 defensive rating. And like I mentioned earlier, Memphis Grizzlies are dead last as far as um, a defensive rating. One thing that did stick out to me as well, Scott, uh, three-point shooting percentage, Sacramento, number 28. I know there's not a lot of three-point shooters, especially for, except for Desmond Bain. I do like his over three-and-a-half three-point shots made here tonight. Um, especially Wait, you're, again, you're talking about defense for three-pointers or offense for three-pointers? Uh, def- or defensively for Sacramento okay, cool. Kings. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I thought you meant offense. So that's why I got confused. Okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah. so Sacramento is uh, number 28 out of 30 teams in opponent three-point percentage allowed at 41%. 
which I, what I meant to say is that's for that reason, I do like Desmond Bain over three and a half, three yeah. point shots here tonight. Um, and again, you might want to take a look at his um, points prop as well, because again, we're expecting a lot of possessions, a lot of pace. So, uh, you know, shots will be a plenty in this game as well. Uh, any other player props that may stick out to you, Scott? Yeah, I was kind of half joking when I started out. I was teasing Harrison Barnes because he's been awful so far this season. Mm hmm. His point totals at 11 and a half. <laughs> yeah. and, and I understand that Barnes has not shot the ball well, and they've kind of focused more on Fox and Sabonis and Herter. I get it. But the total, once again, is like 237. He played at least 31 minutes in two of the first three games. He didn't play that much against Golden State. Golden State scored like 80-something, 89 points in the first half. I just feel yeah. like the game flow wasn't working out. Do you think there's value on Barnes at 11 and a half? Because... For a guy who should play 30-plus minutes in a game that has a total of 237, aren't you just blindly playing overs on guys who should be on the court for at least like two-thirds, if not three-fourths of the game? Yeah, so, I mean, you, you know, you just mentioned the Warriors game there. He played 21 minutes. He only got one field goal attempt up in that I'm not really sure what happened in that game, to be honest with you, but yeah. I just saw the minutes, but the first two games he played 30-plus minutes. So yeah. I, and he I got, a, what, eight and ten shots in those games. Um I he's like Obama over 11 and a half points. Yeah, he's been a big part of their offense um, so far this season. I don't know. I think that might be a way and approach uh, for Harrison Barnes for at, at least. Um, I know I, I was like Aldama, though. I think he should have yeah. a pretty good game. I was on his rebounding prop the other night. I think that I lost by the hook on that one as well. I think it was at six and a half. And I took six. And that was against the game in Dallas where they got blown out. But yeah, I think that's 21 minutes. So. Yeah, so I think that if it's more similar to the games that we saw against the Knicks and then against the Rockets where he did play 30-plus minutes in those games and it wasn't a blowout that he should be able to get over his rebounding prop um, and possibly his points prop as well. Do you see a double-double for him? Uh, let me see what I could find. But I do think Aldama, his number for points seems a little bit too low. I like the over there. But Aldama double-double, I see 6-1. to one. Yeah, that's not bad. It's not bad at all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, let me actually see Keegan Murray for, for a second because I'm not saying he's going to get a double-double. I know rebounding-wise, he's been pretty meh because Sabonis takes a lot of rebounds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he hasn't had more than five in a game this season. I'm yeah. only asking because I see his double-double at 12-1, to one, and I'm kind of yeah. curious. But I would probably maybe look at his points prop. I mean, if you just yeah. want to play a player prop on him, he's listed at 16.5. I, I saw 12-1, to one, and I immediately just got intrigued. So that's why I kind of yeah. had to at least look at it. But... I don't know if he's going to get there. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, anything else for this game before we get into our lock and dog? Uh, no, not really. I just expect a lot of points. All right. Before we get into our lock and dog, since we've been talking a lot about player props, well, No House Advantage is a great place for you to get down and play on these player props. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Play in pick'em contests versus other people for a shot at winning $250,000 plus in cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every single day. You can also test your skills versus a house and 20 times your entry if you hit all of your picks. Bet on up to five player prop over-unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up now with promo code SGPN at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app on the App Store to get a first deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. All right, Scott, we only have four games on the schedule here tonight, but we will give out our picks like we always do. Uh, lock and dog for tonight. Uh, I'll let you lead this one off, man. Uh, what do you got for your lock and dog? So I was contemplating the Mavericks, but I think I'm just going to stick with the don't fix what isn't broken philosophy. I'm just going to take opponent team total overs against Golden State right now. I'm going to okay. take the Heat team total over 109.5. I really don't know how a team that just hands out 30 points per quarter at will has a team total for the opponent of 109.5. We just saw Miami score 119 last night. The starters didn't have to play that much because they were dominating, so I do expect Miami to be pretty all hands on deck in the spot. It seems like a good spot for Miami to not rest anybody. And I do think that you'll end up seeing Golden State's defense struggle again. Miami has size on the interior. We know Butler's not afraid of taking these games personally against high-profile teams. I think he could play well. Hero's still very good. 
Hero might take it personally against Jordan Poole because mm-hmm. we know that they're not afraid to talk trash and they're both very solid. And Adebayo should have a big game here. I like Miami team total over one or nine and a half. Until Golden State's defense shows me a pulse, I'm going to keep fading it. So just give me the over for Miami team total. Love it. Uh, what do you got for your dog for tonight? Thought about a prop. Uh, Aldama double-double is kind of fun, but I'm not going to do that. I probably will bet that personally, but I will end up taking the Thunder on the money line. I can't really avoid it. They just smacked this team despite shooting terribly from three. The Clippers are viewed by the public as being this world beater. The problem is nobody ever plays for this team that you want them that you want if they want to actually be a serious title contender. Kawhi's already out. Paul George has an illness. The Clippers might be extremely cautious because they always are. So I'm not sure he's going to play. We just saw this matchup, and Oklahoma City smacked them. If Paul George plays, you could have some problems. If you take the Thunder, I don't know what the odds of him playing even are. Is it 50-50? Like, I I don't know what the chances of him playing are, but I'll take my chances. I I like the idea of getting Oklahoma City at around, what is it, 2-1, to give or take? Uh, Plus 205. Saying you're getting plus 200, give or take, against a team that might be missing its best two players and a team that you just beat them by double digits. Mm-hmm. Give me the Thunder money line because as long as Shea's going to play, and assume, if, if Shea plays and Kawhi and Paul George do not, you're getting six or you're getting plus 200 with the best player on the court by a wide margin. That's good enough for me. Give me OKC at home. Yeah, show, Shea, sorry, Shea is playing tonight. I didn't see him on the injury report. I think the only yeah, Giddy's out, out, but Giddy's he also out, missed so. the last game too. Yeah. So, yeah, I love it. Uh, Thunder on the money line here, plus 205 over on win bet as Scott's dog of the day. Uh, all right, for my lock, I'm going to go with the over in the Heat and the Warriors game. Uh, you know, talked about how vol- at volume is how bad this defense is for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, it makes me, uh, you know, feel confident that you're on the Heat team total over here as well. So, um, I think that they come out and respond here to the uh, Warriors after being thrashed by the Suns. And again, defensively, we talked about how bad the Warriors are. Pace should be up in this game as well. Like I mentioned, Golden State, one of the, uh, the fastest-paced team in the league. I think that Miami Heat, to exploit how bad this defense is for the Golden State Warriors, should probably play with some pace as well. So I think this number is a little short here. So I'll go over 227 in this game. I'm surprised you didn't take this double double here tonight. I just want to double check here. Ooh, Adam, uh, who are you going with? I was going to go Christian Wood here tonight uh, for uh, a double double. It's really the minutes that it's and that's what's me making off, me nervous kid, as well. Kid just won't give him the damn playing time he deserves. I yeah. don't know what more you want from the guy. Yeah, but I think the other one, what you just mentioned, there is going to be Bam here tonight, plus one forty five for a double double here tonight. It's a bargain. That's a hell of a yeah. price. Yeah, so I'll take Bam as my dog of the night. Bam Adebayo double double tonight against the Golden State Warriors. Shouldn't be a problem scoring the basketball. And I don't think it'll be an issue uh, rebounding the basketball either for him. So I think a big game tonight for Bam. And maybe one of the starters does get announced out. Maybe he does have to play more minutes. Again, we talked about the pace that should be high in this game. Uh, More opportunities for shots, more opportunity for rebounds. Uh, So I think Bam should be able to take advantage of that here tonight. So uh, Bam double-double plus 145 as my dog. And then I'm going to say in the same game, Heat and Warriors over to 27. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast, episode number 400 uh, for us. Uh, Really excited about what's happening with the NBA Gambling Podcast. I think we'll probably hit, yeah, we will hit uh, 500 this season as well, uh, but should be exciting times here around NBA Gambling Podcast. If you haven't already, please leave us a rating and review for the NBA Gambling Podcast. And again, we're giving away that SGPN $100 gift card. All you got to do is subscribe to the uh, YouTube channel of the NBA Gambling Podcast. Leave us a comment on one of the videos um, that we've done on YouTube for these live broadcasts. And again, make sure you have those notifications on as well as part of getting that SGPN gift card so uh, you know when we announce the winner as well. But we will officially announce the winner on the Monday episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast. So again, you have through the weekend to do it, so make sure to get down on that and get that $100 SGPN gift card. Scott, anything else, my man, before we get out of here? No, nothing really more to add. Should be fun uh, going through just today's card. Hopefully, we make some money. I know as for the 400th episode, I believe I showed up around halfway through that. 
So I missed the yeah. first half, but definitely been a lot of fun for the last roughly 200 episodes, just being involved either in the editing or in the actual co-hosting gig or all the above. Either way, it's been a lot of fun, been a nice ride so far. We're just getting started, so let's keep it rolling. Yeah, shout out to uh, McKee and uh, ZV, the guys that started what was formerly known as the NBA Odds Pod, uh, and that changed over. I do to like the- that name a lot, though. That's a yeah, hell of a I do. Yeah, it's a great name. Uh, but now officially the NBA Gambling Podcast as part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. All right, we will be back tomorrow for the Friday game, so definitely look out for that. Big schedule tomorrow in the NBA. So we'll be here to break it down as we usually do. Make sure to follow Scott on Twitter at Rice Show Radio. Check him out on the Tennis Gambling Podcast as well as the NFL Gambling Podcast. Him and I will be doing the uh, afternoon games uh, sometime either today or tomorrow. So definitely look out for that on the NFL Gambling Podcast. Um, Till then, good luck with your picks. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball, give it, give it, give it.